Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre owned inventory. And you can go to Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. All right, so this is what we know. Uh, what we know is this. The Big Ten is returning to play. They will start the weekend of October 23rd, 24th. So there will be an, uh, an opening night on, the, on Friday night, the 23rd. And then on Saturday, the 24th, and a full slate of games. Uh, there's no bye week built in. And now, you may be forced to, but there's no bye week built into this. Remember the idea we talked about with the spring? Remember, I talked about this openly. Maybe you play, remember I said you play everybody in your division and then play a seventh game where one plays one for the title game, two plays two, three plays three, and I talked about that about a month ago when we were talking about the spring. Well, evidently, this is something that it looks like they're going to do in the fall. So they will go starting October 23rd, that Friday night, and there'll probably be two games that night. I would not doubt there are two. And then a full slate of games on the 24th after that. And then you'll go eight straight weeks. On December 19th, they will play the Big Ten Championship game. That will be one versus one, obviously. The winner of the West versus the winner of the East. College football playoff selections the next day, December 20th. Well, it looks like that they may do this. They may then also on December 19th have two play two, three play three, four play four, five play five, six play six, and seven play seven. So that's how you get the ninth game for everybody as long as everybody's able to negotiate this season in some way. And then there would be, obviously, there are bowl games after that. So you could end up all together with the right record with a 10-game season as long as you're able to negotiate this. There are extensive protocols being put in place. Now, they don't have a schedule out yet. Uh, You know, it's pretty obvious you're going to play the six teams in your division. Now, Penn State had been scheduled to play four in the other division. So, I'm going to guess off the bat, off the bat, that one of the games you lose is Illinois. For the simple reason that Illinois was the extra game tacked on to the 10-game season back in August when they announced that. Now it's going to be a question between uh, Purdue, Northwestern, and Nebraska as to which one gets dropped to get you to eight games. Then after that, obviously, it's a wild card as to who you play in the West on the on the 19th. Um, Penn State will be fighting, by the way, to get itself 
into the Big Ten championship game. They're going to be one of the uh, obviously that you know that game with Ohio State, whenever that is, is going to be huge. Now the question is getting there. So how do you get there? All right. So let's talk about the protocols that have been put in place very quickly. Here are the protocols that have been put in place by the Big Ten. Now they voted unanimously to re- resume the season, and the um, the student athletes, coaches, trainers, and other individuals that are on the field for all practices and games have to undergo daily antigen testing. Test results must be completed and recorded prior to each practice or game. Student-athletes who test positive for the coronavirus through the point of contact, okay, daily testing would be required then to get a PCR test to confirm the result. The data uh, that they're going to collect from testing and cardiac registry will provide major contributions to all Big Ten institutions. Positive student-athletes will then have to undergo comprehensive cardiac testing to include labs and biomarkers, including, obviously, an ECG and so forth, and MRIs. All right? The earliest a student-athlete can return to a game or competition, if they test positive, is 21 days following the COVID-19 positive diagnosis. In addition to the medical protocols, the Big Ten will establish a cardiac registry in an effort to examine the effects of COVID-19 positive student-athletes. In other words, they're looking for myocarditis is what they're doing. And again, what is the standard on myocarditis? Actually, the standard protocol on myocarditis for an athlete, standard protocol on a, on, for myocarditis on an athlete is no physical activity for three months, right? Sometimes it can take six. Sometimes, you know, for some people it clears up in three weeks. But it, you, normally for an athlete, they recommend three months. That's always, that's, and that's always been the protocol. So the Big Ten will use data provided by each chief infection officer to make decisions about the continuation of practice and competition as determined by team positivity rate and population positivity rate. And by the way, they'll take into account false positives too. That's one thing when you look at Pitt, Rashad Weaver, who was a really good defensive end for Pitt. He was furious about not being able to play in the Austin P game. He said, look, I don't have it. Well, it turned out it was a false positive, and that's what you're trying to avoid here, too. That's why the daily testing will then reveal false positives. Team positivity rate, number of positive tests divided by the total number of tests administered. You're in the green if it's 0 to 2%. You're in the orange was 2 to 5%. You're in the red if it's greater than 5%. Okay? So what does green mean? Well, green means obviously everything's cool. You're good. Orange, 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 and orange to red. A team must proceed with caution and enhance COVID-19 prevention, which is alter practice and meeting schedule, consider viability of continuing with competition. So you can still do all this. They just have to consider it. Red means you have to stop. And you'll have to stop for a minimum of seven days and reassess metrics until improved. Daily testing begins September 30th. Daily testing begins September 30th. And then the season will begin October 23rd, 24. That's when the season will begin. It's A plus one. 
That's the way we understand it. It is A plus one. And like I said, this goes back to when we were talking about the spring back in August. We talked about a six or seven plus one schedule. Nobody told me about that. I just was just throwing out ideas against the wall. Well, it turns out, I'm not saying they listen to me because you barely listen to me. <laughs> and I know my wife doesn't listen to me. <laughs> it was just an idea. I, I thought, well, okay, here's a way to do it. This is back when they were talking about the spring. Well, it turns out that they're going to give this a shot with this. The question's going to be uh, whether everybody can make it. Now, Maryland, I want to point out, Unbeknownst to the world, it seems, although Emily Giovaldo from the Washington Post reports, Maryland returned to practice yesterday, by the way. Now, Penn State's not scheduled to practice today. Okay, They practiced yesterday. They are not scheduled to practice. Because that's what some of these people have been getting wrong. Penn State put out uh, a statement last week on the testing, because it was last Wednesday test results came out, and they said they'd have to pause some programs. They'd have to pause some programs. They didn't say which ones. Well, the Lincoln Star-Journal reported yesterday Penn State was one of those programs in pause right now. Hey, make a phone call, all right? Make a phone call. Read it, some, okay? Make a phone call. Penn State football never paused. Basketball never paused. Now, the next part is going to be the basketball part we're going to get into as well. Eventually, all Big Ten sports will require testing protocols before they can resume competition. Updates regarding fall sports other than football as well as winter sports that will begin in the fall, including men's and women's basketball, men's ice hockey, men's and women's swimming and diving and wrestling, will be announced shortly. The NCAA is going to announce, the NCAA is announcing what they're doing with basketball. And again, if they're going to start November 21st, here's my recommendation on basketball. Play Sunday through Thursday or Sunday through Friday. Okay, don't play Saturdays until the football season's over with. I'm talking about for the Big Ten. Don't schedule Big Ten games on Saturdays. Why? Your TV partners are overloaded as it is. All right. A lot more to talk about with this and an amusing story as well as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us. Uh, quickly, uh, September 5 through 11, which is last week, 859 COVID-19 tests at Penn State, 50 positive tests. Uh, protocols, of course, are in place. 
individuals who tested positive have been assigned to isolate for 14 days. They'll be retested at that point. Contact tracing is in place as well. All right. So that's where they are. Uh, football was not scheduled to practice today anyway. Today was the off day. Uh, and uh, tomorrow on the coaches show, we will have Sandy Barber to open the show and then Kirk Shiraka, the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach in the final half hour. Uh, meanwhile, today, Mark Wogenrich will join us on the show at 3.35, 4.35, Rich Scarcella. Tomorrow, we'll actually shift gears during one segment to college basketball because they're coming out with theirs today. Myron Metcalf, who covers college basketball for ESPN, will be joining us on the show. All right, do you want the amusing story? This yes, I'm nothing, curious. This has nothing to do at all with anything that's happened today or this week. I didn't think so. So yesterday, I get a text. Now, the text is from a phone number because um, I think I've mentioned that I was going to get a new phone. I was going to do it after basketball season, but three weeks before the end of basketball season, the phone still broke down anyway, which means I lost all my contacts, and so I've been rebuilding it. So sometimes I get a phone number, and I'll ask, who is this? All of you have gone through this. You know what I'm talking about. In the text, hey, Steve, can you join us to talk about the U.S. Open at 315 <laughs> On Thursday, and so, so I texted back, 315's not easy for me. Well, we met 315 Phoenix time. Oh. So I get back and I said, are you on Pacific or Mountain time right now? And I believe right now, I think they're on Pacific time right now. Because they don't change. They don't change the, the clock in Arizona. Correct. Yeah, it's Pacific time because I know that because my sister-in-law yeah. lives out there. Yeah. And then he said, "Well, yeah, it would be three fifteen. And I said, "No, nah, I can't do it." I said, "I texted back. I'm sorry. That's six fifteen. If it if it was Mountain time, I could do it." I said, "Well, I'd be six fifteen Eastern time. I'm doing the Penn State coaches show at that time." I get a text back. They go, "Oh my God." It's the wrong Steve Jones. <laughs> we were trying to text. They told me we were trying to text Steve Jones, the 1996 U.S. Open golf champion. Oh, boy. And I texted back and I said, Oakland Hills, 1996. And he said, we feel awful about it. Then they texted me again. And I said, no. I said, this is Steve Jones, the Penn State football and basketball announcer. They go, oh, my God. <laughs> Then they said, hey, can we have you on next week to talk about the Big Ten? They said, sure, whatever you want. Knock yourself out. Oh, well, see, it worked out. You're going to get on the show anyway. Oh, yeah. That was one of my goals in life. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm thinking, I'm getting a text. What do they want me to talk about the U.S. Open for? What the heck am I going to offer on that? I mean, I've, have I covered U.S. Opens? Yeah, I've covered several U.S. Opens. But <laughs> avid golfer yourself. 
But I'm not. But I'm not. I'm not a golf writer. I'm not around the tour all the time. Not Bob Herrig, for God's <laughs> sakes. Yeah, I mean, those are like legit guy. Dan Hicks, legit guy. I'm somebody like covers a tournament every couple of years. Hey, okay. I'm thinking, what the heck do they want me for? And in Phoenix, no less. What the heck? I mean, thank you. This is weird. That's because hysterical. I didn't answer. I didn't answer it first. Because I was doing, I was, it was came during the day and I was doing the show. So then they retexted me, like, hey, come on. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. Ah, boy. All right. This has been obviously, and COVID 19 has been an ever changing landscape from day one. The ever changing landscape, we've all lived it. You know, with with closures and then some openings and a couple rollbacks and more openings, over time, some elements have changed. There are more therapeutics, which has helped. Plasma helped. And a big element of this is testing. There were times during the course of the summer where it would take a week, two weeks to get test results. Some people would be like, hey, I got it back in five days, and they felt good about it. When you're doing daily testing like this, that's because the testing has dramatically changed. That means you can get the result, and you can find out almost right away whether somebody's positive or negative. If they're positive, you can then retest them and find out if it's a false positive. Also, it helps you with tracing. It's elements such as that that have allowed them to do this that weren't available when they made the original decision. Again, I go back to the original decision, and I will be, as you know, I'll be open about it and say, that's not what I would have done. I would have, I may have delayed the season, because, again, I'll go back to what I said the entire time. I wouldn't bother me if I saw somebody else play first. How'd the first NFL weekend go? How'd the first couple college football weekends go? I I would have been fine with that. But I would have kept going and cleared hurdles. They decided not to do that. But I give them credit. They didn't sit there and say, we made the decision and then dig in their heels. Like the guy in the corner office. And they've come to this decision. Sandy Barber put a lot of her heart and soul into this. She worked with a lot of people, but she threw her heart and soul into this. And uh, I hope people understand that. The amount of time that she put in to try and make this happen. And they did. Mark Wogenrich, next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great pre-owned inventory, fabulous service department. That's Sunbury Motors. Customer service means everything. 
Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. By the end of the week, expect the schedule to be out. It'll be four home, four away, and yes, they will be playing at Beaver Stadium. No, okay, uh, no tickets sold. Four home, four away, playing six teams in your division, two crossover games. Expected for the most part in order to mirror the original nine-game schedule minus one. That minus one will either be Northwestern, Purdue, or Nebraska for Penn State. All right? That'll be your minus one. And then you'll have the last game at the end. One versus one, two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five. Unless it's a rematch outside of one, one. Doesn't matter if one, one's a rematch. That's for the championship. But that's it. So automatically, Penn State, when they put the 10 game schedule out, you can eliminate Illinois. They're out. They're out. You know that already. Now it's going to be a question of Northwestern, Purdue, or Nebraska as to who's out. All right? So that's where we are with this. Uh, so that's. That's the deal. And they should have that schedule out, I think, by the end of the week. They've been working on that already. But look at the be close to mirroring the schedule that Penn State had in conference, the original nine-game schedule with one deletion. It's probably the easiest way for them to do it. With that, we bring in Mark Wogenrich, SI.com. Always great to talk with him. Mark, welcome back. Thanks for the time. Yeah, appreciate it, Steve. Thanks so much. All right. It's flooded with the news today. Yeah, flooded with news. So let's start with, uh, with this. Uh, the way it ended up playing out starting the weekend of October 24th. Everyone's saying the 24th. There's going to be a, a game or two on the 23rd, that Friday night. Because I noticed yeah. it was in October 23-24. But it's nine games in nine weeks with the plus one at the end. What did you think of the plus one at the end? I thought that that... that um I thought that had been floated. I remember seeing that floated earlier, maybe a couple of weeks ago, that it might be a plus one involving every team in the conference. And it's a little thing that I've seen high schools do with some postseason tournaments. Um, I've actually seen it done locally in wrestling. Maybe they even got the idea. That's where they got the idea from. But there's a local wrestling league here in Eastern Pennsylvania that has done that, has matched up like one versus one, two versus two, three versus three. I would say that was like a unique format for them. I didn't know that the Big Ten was going to actually come up with that. I like that as a ninth game. Instead of scheduling a, another crossover game, I kind of like that That it feels that there's some sort of, um, you know, like big tournament that's going on at the end of the year. Now, there are the, the problems will be if you if there are potentially rematches, that that could possibly happen, and I guess uh, Barry Alvarez addressed that obliquely, saying, well, he did. kind of cross that bridge when we come to it, but that is possible. I mean, you know, the possible some of those games are just going to be really not, you know, are you, what are the players and coaches and teams really going to have invested in playing a six versus six or seven versus seven? Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe at that point they're, you know, they're going out with a bang sort of thing. I kind of liked the idea a little bit. 
as the Big Ten kind of throwing a tournament. If it gets to that point, they can you know they can maybe throw that as like a celebration tournament kind of thing at the end of at the end of December, saying, "Hey, we made it." Right, they made it, uh, but also the, it also could figure in who goes to a bowl game. Sure, there are mm-hmm. there are going to be bowl games out of this. I mean, so it's not it's not the last game for some teams. Yeah, absolutely, and depending on I and I haven't seen this if if it's been determined yet if there's just going to be full full scale bowl eligibility if we're still going to need. Um, so to have a 500 record, depending right. on the number of bowls that are available, yeah, right. like a, if you get a four versus four and the winner goes to a bowl game, that'll be something, right? Right, uh, exactly. So it's a di- it's a different twist. Um, I thought one of the the key elements in there was um, in the press conference when Sandy Barber was asked about student athlete and staff responsibility. That's a big part of this, Mark. They were doing it before, but now they're going to attempt to do it with, obviously, I mean, here, I mean, the campus is mm-hmm. filled with students right now. What were your thoughts on that? Well, one of the curious things that I had a question, and it was asked, and I think kind of obliquely answered, was that the, the, the Big Ten, as part of it's like they, they're staging these um, green, they're calling it green, red, orange stages yes. of basically eligibility that they're going to be based on positivity rates but the team. And then it said population. Now, I was questioning, does that mean your university population? Are you going to, um, is that going to be drawn into the context of, of like whether the football team can play, whether the, the university population has a positive rate of green? Um their population rate says it was between zero and three and a half percent. I guess now I have the clarification that um, the Ohio State physician, Dr. Borchers, Dr. James Borchers, said is that the population is everybody regarding the football program. So I'm assuming that's going to mean coaches, training staff, everybody involved. That it didn't okay. necessarily mean that it was going to be university population rates that were going to be um, that were going to determine eligibility. Um, whether teams can can practice or not, so that is going to be something I think to watch. That your whole program, right? Has, it's not just your players. That your whole program has to test below these rates. It's five percent for the team, and then it's at the population rate has to be below seven and a half percent. So that's where Sandy Barber was coming from, I guess, in saying that you know we have more investment than it's just not the players anymore. Is you know with their with the with their testing. It's everybody involved in the program. Basically, everybody who steps on the field is invested in this. Right, exactly. And that's where that comes in. It's a red-orange-green uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. And there are numbers attached to it. Uh, the ticket part of it, people always wonder, can I go to the game? Mm-hmm. Well, tickets are not going to be sold to the games. What's your understanding on 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 people actually being there or not? This, I think there's still more. I think the Big Ten needs to make a little more clarification on this. Andy Barber on the press conference said that the agreement that the um, the presidents and chancellors signed would that would be that they would not sell um, tickets. She also said that that doesn't mean that there won't be attendance, that uh, player families um, will try to be accommodated. Okay. Um, and then Barry Alvarez said that that includes like coaching staff families too. I, you know, there might be some. What about I, you know? What about the suites? How do they, how do the, the suite holders? How do they factor 
into this. So, you know, way back when, when Penn State announced its, uh, I think it was about a 23,000 capacity long before this, you know, the, the, a couple of days, you know, or before the cancellation or the suspension actually happened, Sandy Barber said that the, the suites, there was still discussion whether the suites counted as part of the, you know, the the building um, at Beaver Stadium with regard to how many people can be in, uh, you know, in a location, in a gathering, uh, according to state, you know, according to state rules. And then obviously Pennsylvania now with um, a federal judge declaring that some of the gathering rules were unconstitutional, that is added another element to it. So I think the probably are just going to go across the board and say we're not going to sell tickets. But some people, you know, I think some people will be in the stadium, potentially even more than than like fan, than um excuse me parents and and families you know i think maybe as you know if you can get to, like in pennsylvania with the 250 person rule if you don't have 250 people you know maybe they could add a few more but i think that probably are going to be at that level at you know a maximum right um see that's what's interesting about the suites that you, that you mentioned that mm. it's a 250 limit outdoors but mm-hmm. the suites are indoors, right? So I mean that I mean, women indoors, which now is unenforceable. So so I mean so I mean now I feel like I'm parsing words here, exactly. Um, but you know, they'll have to get obviously a ruling on that. Um, all right, so uh, just the way it ended up playing out, uh, a lot of people are euphoric in the Big Ten footprint about getting football back. What were your What were your thoughts when you when they finally said yes? It's about time. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked back. I looked back. You know, I, I wasn't one of the banging the the uh, the drum about Big Ten communication necessarily being poor. I get it. I, I do understand that. Um, and I, you know, I thought overall the the letter, the open letter that Kevin Warren wrote. I think it was nine days after um, the decision actually was was good and laid out the reasons, but there was a mistake in there. Essentially, <clears throat> excuse me, that he said that this decision will not be revisited. Where, well, clearly through this process, they were revisiting their decision this whole time. I think that the fact that he said that that he kind of drove a nail into the coffin nine days later. I think that opened him up and the conference up to um, some additional criticism because that seemed to be the a, a very final statement when and when in, and in fact they were um, they were revisiting this the whole time they were going through the process of saying what does testing look like now we've heard Sandy Barber say that I mean she mentioned that on the radio show with you um, when she said you know we're in a very different time now than we were in August. And, you know, there are things that are very encouraging. And I think that was two weeks ago. Yes. And so how, how did, you know, how did things change in those interim three weeks and then in two weeks since? And the Big Ten, when it made that statement, didn't leave any room open for, um, for plans changing with regard specifically to the testing. And then I think they knew at some point, that if they got there, that that was one of their questions that they needed to have answered um, thoroughly, 
that they didn't need to say we're not going to revisit this. So they could have said until we have other, you know, until we have some of these questions answered, we are going to continue on this plan. But as always, plans can change. That was that was something to me that right. I thought was um, important with with um, President Barron's statement today, when he said I voted um, to postpone in August, but things changed. Um, what does it say though that? Sometimes when a decision is made and there's outside criticism, sometimes people can dig in. What does it say about the Big Ten that in the end they didn't dig in, except they dug deeper to find better answers and then came up with this? I guess that depends on your perspective, right? I mean, if you're if you are um, celebrating today, then you are celebrating the fact that the the medical committee that that Sandy Barber chaired came up with answers and came up with a model that the conference um, presidents could feel good about, could feel good about um, playing again. If you are not celebrating today, if you are saying that this is a this is just a money grab and the Big Ten is now no better than the SEC, and I've I've seen that concept floated. I have, yes, um, yeah. Then you. Um, then you feel like the Big Ten is not digging into its principles and it, the Big Ten um, is selling out its principles. So I would, I, you know, for me, I lean toward the former. I don't know that, I, I don't believe that the Big Ten is selling out any sort of financial principle no. for this. Um, I believe that the Big Ten has, you know, at least has taken a look and has found a way um, that it can play what it believes is a safe way, in a safe way. And, like those testing protocols, they're no joke. I mean, they're pretty rigid. Yes, they you know, are. Five, you know, a five percent positive rate among among football players is not it's not a high threshold to get to, and that's when you're going to get shut down, right. and you can't practice. I think for, it is for a week. So, to get if you get to a ninth game, you know, from all what we've heard about. You know, maybe resurgence and 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 positive cases. And, mm-hmm. You know, positive cases. That's that's their that's their bar. They're yes. not measuring for hospitalizations or right. recoveries. They're mentioning true, just truly on positive cases. If you can keep it below five percent, I think, and you play nine games, you've done a good job yeah. on a college campus. Right. And and I think what this does recognize is something all of us have lived the entire time. This has been an ever changing story and landscape, and part of it is. The testing they're talking about now didn't exist in June, July. It was being worked on, but it didn't exist then. So you didn't have that answer back then that you have now. So because of the, it's it's been an ever changing story on multiple levels, not just the sports level. Yeah, and imagine when they start playing football. What will testing look like on October? You know, that week. Yes. Uh, the October, the week of October seventeenth to the twenty third. What will what will a Big Ten test look like, or, or anybody? So, what, what kind of testing will the Big Ten have at that point? Um, even you know, giving it another month. And Barry Alvarez on a, on a Zoom call said that their one of their scheduling models had an October 17th start date, but they pushed it back. The president's pushed it back just to even have another week of preparation. I, and I'm not even sure that that goes beyond the idea of football preparation, uh, of just having players to being ready to play. I think right. that's probably just another week of having them to be tested and to be sure. Yeah, that's 21 days. I mean, it's 23 days from September 30th when they start. Mm-hmm. That's an extra week where maybe, you know, I mean, somebody, for example, say you start testing on the 30th. 
and somebody mm-hmm. tests positive, you're supposed to be out 21 days. Right. You know, it does. You know, so maybe that maybe that's part of the formula. I don't know. I'm just guessing here. But that's what we do for a living. All right, <laughs> Mark. Thanks so much. Always appreciate your insight very much. Yeah, I appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for having me, and hope to see you in October. Absolutely, Mark. Absolutely. All right. So by the end of the week, we'll get a better read on the schedule. I think I don't know for some reason I. Uh, there are three non-conference games that Penn State. Uh, excuse me, three. Western Division games that Penn State has on the schedule. And the three are Northwestern at home, Iowa at home, at Nebraska. At Nebraska is probably going to stay. The reason is you're going to play four home, four away. That means between Northwestern and Iowa, one of them has to go. And it might end up being Northwestern. They've been playing Iowa on a consistent basis, and Northwestern was the opener anyway. So you might be able to work the schedule around that way. But it has to be – we already know Illinois, which was the last game, which was the 10th game, that's out. Anybody's 10th game is out. So you go back to the original nine. So it's got to be either Iowa or Northwestern that's eliminated because you have to play four home, four away. Well, it turns out this was a year where Penn State was supposed to be five home games. That means you have the extra crossover game at home. Well, the extra crossover games at home are Iowa or, or Northwestern. Um, I would not be surprised if Northwestern's the one that exits and that they keep Iowa. So you got to remember what the scheduling formula is. But they'll release that by the end of the week. Okay? We will come back with uh, more in a moment as we continue. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Q, it's 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We'll see how it plays out schedule-wise, but it's it's one of two games that will have to go. It's either Iowa or Northwestern. Iowa seems to be a designated crossover game, which will then eventually shift. But they've been the designated crossover game, so that's why I'm leaning toward Northwestern might be the team that goes. So we already know Illinois is out. I mean, anybody that's an extra game to get the 10 on that August schedule, they're out for everybody. So we already know that's out. The question is, what's the other game to go? Iowa seems to be the team that they've been playing year in and year out the last five or six years, which I think goes to the model of, you know, like how many years of data you have to to have to play a team year in and year out like that. That's why I think they'll play them again, and they'll play them here. Uh, Northwestern was a one-off anyway. That would be my lean, that Iowa stays and Northwestern goes, and then everything else stays as is. Like I said, Illinois, that was the add-on game at the end anyway. That's out. So we'll see how that plays out. The protocols are stringent. No getting around it. Also, what was not discussed today, but there are bowl games involved in this, too. So, in the end, you'll have schools in the Big Ten that will get to ten games. Nine in qualifying for the playoff. A tenth game, the the ninth being the championship game. And then for those who qualify, whatever the qualifications happen to be, obviously there are bowl games that are still evidently going to be played. 
big part of it. 